0: Well, a warm welcome to A Theory's Radio Live, brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit, Radio, every third Tuesday of the month. A Theory's Radio Live invites you to discover the fascinating truth about karma, life on other planets, the Mother Earth, the next master, and much more, which were revealed through Dr. George King, founder of the Serious Society, between 1954 and 1997. Today's show will be on the topic of Jesus. The Messiah for the Piscean Age. And Chrissy Blaise will be joined by Alison Lawrence, who is an international director of the Athenius Society and a popular presenter of lectures and workshops here at the Athenius Temple in London, as well as having lectured in Europe and other venues. So without further ado, I give you Chrissy Blaise and Alison Lawrence. Thank you very much, Noemi. Thank you. Welcome,
1: Alison. Welcome back, Alison. Hello, Chrissy. It seems like yesterday. Yes. Um, Well, today, welcome everybody and thank you for joining in to a serious radio live once again. We really appreciate your support and uh, today we're going to have a very fascinating show on the topic that Noemi mentioned, uh, which is an enduringly favorite topic down through the centuries, uh, the wonderful cosmic master Jesus and the title, as I say, is Messiah for the Piscean Age. And before I hand you over to Alison, I'd just like to say a little bit about what is meant by the Piscean Age. Uh, Some of you know, I'm sure, but it's it's an astrological measurement, and each astrological age, as you know, astrology is all about the cycles, the cycles of the planets, and uh, this is another great cycle called um, an age or the great year, and it's approximately 2,165 years in length. I say approximately, sounds pretty exact here. And uh, each age goes backwards through the zodiac, from Aries to Pisces to Aquarius, which is where we are today, on the cusp of the age. And during each of these cycles, these great years, uh, humanity has the opportunity to learn certain lessons. And the lessons for the age of Pisces uh, were very different from the previous age, the age of Aries, which was, uh, as you'll find in the the Old Testament, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, this kind of dynamic approach. But the whole approach of Pisces was all about love and service, uh, forgiveness and healing. Very, very different. And the Master Jesus uh, came two centuries ago to herald in this age. He embodied, if you like, the consciousness of that age with his revolutionary teachings, Um, although tragically uh, a a vital part of his doctrines, which is karma karma and reincarnation and healing, uh, which are the essence of Christianity, are still not accepted in the Orthodox Church. But his teachings were revolutionary in that they were a total change from the previous age. And um, he came here not only to help mankind Um, And he did this very, very powerfully uh, through his terrible, self-directed crucifixion and the resulting uh, manipulation of world karma, which was in a terrible state at the time and which we'll talk more about later. He did this um, to save mankind, if you like, to allow us to continue our ways and gave us at the same time teachings to help us, uh, to guide us through the centuries. He came as the Messiah, the great leader of men. And I'll ask now for Alison to talk a little bit about this, about Jesus as the Messiah, um, as she, I know, has been researching this aspect of the great master Jesus.
2: Yes, I certainly have, and what a revelation it's been. I mean, there are so many prophecies in the Old Testament which point to the coming of the Messiah and the nature of his mission and his his personality is really quite extraordinary, and this isn't just something that I you know that I came across haphazardly. I have checked every quote that I found with the Bible, and it's absolutely correct. How interesting!
1: Uh, Tell us more. I mean,
2: yes. Let me give you an example. Uh, well, uh, so I'm just finding everything. <laughs> I mean. The Master Jesus himself is recorded, according to St. John, as saying, if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. And he said, um, this is uh, from Deuteronomy, and for, just to inform everyone, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy comprises the five books of Moses. So um, he didn't just give the Ten Commandments. You've got all these, you've got prophecies, you've got all the other laws. It's it's all part of the, you know, an important part of the Old Testament. But this is what was said. I will raise for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. But when, you, when it comes to Isaiah... It really is quite extraordinary.
1: Really?
2: Uh, This is Isaiah 7. I mean, I'm not going to start doing some Bible something, you know, quoting (laughs) chapter and verse. (laughs) Otherwise it'll sound like that. But this is really interesting. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, of course... Emmanuel uh isn't just uh, what we call the christian name um it's a name that uh, signifies a, a divine being it, right. it means god is within us god is with us and of course when uh, you know people have been debating whether or not the virgin means a young girl and they're trying to sort of decipher the hebrew but of course, we know from our cosmic teachings that the Master Jesus was born of a virgin.
0: Yeah. So it
2: makes all that ac- academic. So it, it's very interesting that, you know, there you've got this name, Emmanuel, and it means a divine being, and uh, also <coughs> that he would belong to the house of David. And it was also a sign that this lineage had divine protection. And it's interesting also because. It is um, in the, uh, I think it's in the New Testament uh, that Master Jesus said, "I am from the root and branch of David, and the bright and morning star." So there, yeah. he's straight away showing his lineage. But of course, the Church—they passed over the significance of the bright and morning star, which, of course, is Venus. They—they wouldn't—they didn't understand what that meant. They just thought it was right. probably it was nice. a nice statement, you know. And, but it was actually the truth. <laughs> it came from Venus.
1: Interesting. I, I don't know if you've heard of the book, uh, Jesus Walked the Americas. Now, I don't know um, how accurate it is, Alison, but it's a fascinating book. I don't know if you've heard I of it. I have it. it read. I,
2: I've, I've read you the book. it.
1: Yes, I have. And I remember there's one um, part in it where Master Jesus apparently... Uh, walked among uh, Native American tribes and people throughout the Americas, and they used to often see him at night uh, meditating or gazing at the the planet Venus in the sky when it was visible. And I thought that was interesting.
2: Yes, oh, there, I mean also I think he came he came from the, the the shores of of the West. He came over from the West, and he had signs in his hands of the cross. Yes. I remember reading that. That's uh, very interesting. But we've been told also, uh, Dr. King has stated, that the Master Jesus walked the earth for some 700 years after the resurrection. So he didn't leave straight away. And he went all over the world.
1: So there are Uh, so many stories. Yes. Yes. And again, a lot of research that he visited, um, England, France, as well, um, not only as a boy, but later after the resurrection, as you say. So very, very fascinating um, individual indeed. But, um, Alison, let's talk more about why he came, his strategy, his mission on this earth. What what was that? What was the um, purpose behind it?
2: The real reason for the Master Jesus coming to earth was to take karma for mankind and that is the primary aspect of his mission the teaching aspect of it was a a secondary aspect, a very important one but it also served as a cover for his main mission which was to bring about his death you see uh, an ordinary human being couldn't manipulate enough karma to stop a, a terrible catastrophe which would have devastated probably half the world. And who knows how many thousands of years it would have been set back. And it took someone yeah. as advanced as Jesus, who, li, who incarnated into the Venusian cycle, which is even higher than the, the ordinary interplanetary cycle as set out in the Nine Freedoms, because when we leave this Earth, we have the choice of either joining the spiritual hierarchy of Earth or going to, to one of uh, four planets, which is Mars, Jupiter, Neptune and Pluto. And then above that, I mean, not who are we to c- comment on this, you have Venus and Uranus. Yeah. And then above that, of course, is Saturn. So it would take someone of that caliber, a Venusian being, to incarnate an aspect of himself in order to take the karma to manipulate enough karma to avert this catastrophe and in the meantime he gave these wonderful teachings and this is where as you said at the beginning he was a real revolutionary and you say to yourself well how can how could he be a revolutionary when he was you know he was teaching love and peace and turn the other cheek but look at it this way He was born into a very brutal world, the height of the Roman Empire, if you like. And uh, life was cheap. You know, if you had no social status, you were a no one. If a slave died, who cared? And he came, and it was radical in his day that, you know, every person was important, no matter what their origins were. And the other aspect of that was he brought a greater degree of compassion into the Jewish religion, which under the Sanhedrin had become very hard line. And of course, the Jewish concept of God is very much, you know, God will punish you, God is almighty, you should, you know, fear the Lord, you know, as they say.
1: Yes. But but he softened that. And to bring about a change, uh, you know, from an eye to an eye to a tooth to a tooth, to love and forgiveness, you would, yes. one would have to be a revolutionary. And, and in fact, we know that all the great ones that come to this planet and change world thought down through the centuries, they have this. They, they are revolutionaries of thought. They help us to uh, see life differently to understand at a deeper level, so it it takes this kind of approach does it does it not absolutely,
2: absolutely.
1: I mean he upset everybody
2: he upset uh, yes. he upset all the the rabbis the priests i mean there 's a there's a wonderful episode where he was invited by the Pharisees to uh, join them with a meal, and he didn 't follow the usual procedure of washing the hands and all that, and they criticized him. And uh, his response, which I'm going to paraphrase, otherwise I'll be talking in King James I English. But he said, you may be clean on the outside, but you are full of wickedness on the inside. And did God not make that which is within as well as that which is without? So I think that's a very important message. You know, it doesn't matter what you eat. It's what you—it's what you do, what you think. Yes, having a good diet helps, and I think a lot of these old rules came in because of you living in a very hot climate. So there wasn't much water, and uh, you know, you'd have disease in a very short space of time if you didn't follow certain yeah. rules. But it's not religious in the sense that it's going to help you evolve. You know, it's—it's it's what you do. Yeah. It's your thoughts. That's what spiritualizes you.
1: <laughs> exactly. And he was a revolutionary uh, too when he, with the moneylenders in the temple, was he not, when he walked oh, yes. through the temples and he witnessed the corruption of the priests there who were with the moneylenders and the merchants. And they were lending money to the pilgrims apparently who purchased these privileges. And he was kind of outraged. And I think there's a line in the Bible where he sort of drove out the moneylenders and yes. threw them wretches. This is the house of the Lord. And Absolutely. you've made it a den of feet And you know, really, what he was doing—he was striking at the um, the financial center, if you like, of the you know the civilization. The, so that was a powerful move. And he not only was it a powerful move in that way, but the strength of this great master—he was able to just turn over the, the tables um, of all these people.
0: So he was tremendously
1: strong. <laughs> yes. It was quite extraordinary,
2: but you see, um, his mission was planned very carefully. You know, it, it wasn't all haphazard. I mean, we've got the years when, what the wilderness years, and no, you know, certain not recorded where he went. But we certainly know from there are certain stories about uh, this. You know, the Jesus going to Tibet and India, and of course, uh, Doctor King knows exactly what happened he he was went to tibet he was um, initiated into certain mantras uh, and he was able to raise the Kundalini up to a high psychic center which would enable him to walk on the water. You see it makes the body weightless.
0: Yeah.
2: you know he he did all that. this was all of preparation to for his mission, which was then. It was all sort of condensed into three years where he he demonstrated extraordinary powers. And also, being a Venusian, he had the power to physically manifest his thoughts. And that's what you call, he was uh, what Dr. King referred to as a thought creator. You see, some mediums might be able to bring about an astral manifestation, you can see it, but this was physical. I mean, like mm. the feeding of the five thousands with, uh, was it, f- f- five loaves and two fishes or something like that.
0: Yeah, he was I able so. to
2: draw this out of, out of the, the atmosphere. He, could, he had control over the powers of nature in order to do that. And this was physical.
1: And, this and he was also... You, this so shows pretty. you one aspect of the advancement of these Venusian uh, intelligences that they were able oh, to I do know. this, because I, I, I think it's required, I, I think we see in our teachings, it's required of, of Venusians, this ability, is it not, that this great master had.
2: I know, it's quite extraordinary, but also, he was able to bestow this power upon his disciples, because briefly, I think St. Peter was able to walk on water, and the master Jesus was able to bring give this gift of these this power these remarkable feats by just touching them on the head so and and this yes i think that's an aspect of uh, his uh, abilities as a venusian master which he was allowed to bring with him as a fourth aspect a human being incarnating into the uh, human cycle of life
1: now, that's an important point and it's something we have actually talked about in the previous um radio shows the fourth aspect consciousness so thank you for bringing that up again alison yes. and also uh, his mission was so complex i mean it was simple in a way because as you say it was, it was a terrible uh, self-directed mission to die on our behalf i mean a terrible thing that you know we um demanded by our our awful acts over the centuries but it was so complex and yet he was a great actor and this is something isn't it that our master Dr. King talked about he he you know was a wonderful actor and oh, everybody was fooled weren't they yes they <laughs> because were because all the time he was teaching and it seemed that's what he was doing but actually he was doing so much more than that he was preparing and arranging his mission step by step I um,
2: know I, absolutely um, You see, there's another aspect to this, which was that uh, the Master Jesus was up against a major dark force who would do anything to make his mission fail. So, as you say, he had to manipulate uh, his his situation very carefully and make it look as though he he really just fell into the trap, you know, (laughs) by bringing about his death. But also, and this is the mark of the Venusian, he was able to choose the exact karmic moment to uh, arrange the crucifixion. And uh, you know, Dr. King has been very clear about that as well.
1: Yes. And yes, absolutely.
2: And you see, this is where I really have to say it, and the church has really misunderstood his mission. I mean, poor Judas, he's been so badly maligned. You know, he was the one who betrayed his master. He's the one who caused the death of the Son of God, you know. Well, really, if you read it with a a different, you know, another, a different eye, if you like, you can see that he was ordering Judas to betray him. You will yes. betray me. It's not, uh, it's a prophecy. Oh, I know you're going to betray me. It was an order.
1: Yes, and St. Peter too has been maligned in a way. Yes. <laughs> but,
2: um, I know, Oh, yes, yeah, uh, absolutely.
1: And he too was, uh, or, you will betray, uh, he too was uh, ordered by the Master Jesus as a very, very close disciple. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's kind of rethinking and, and it, when you rethink it in this way, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. I and mean, of course, how could Judas some, Scarret, Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Judas Iscariot, as you say, and Saint Peter were very, very close disciples of the yes. Master Jesus, and were helping him to carry out his plan.
2: Well, it's interesting because Dr. King has stated that it's possible that uh, Judas had the—he w- certainly had the worst job to do. Yes, uh, he has stated that and uh, you know in a way you could say it's unfair but uh, it might he might have been more advanced in that because he because he he was he was prepared to undertake that aspect of the mission
1: yes yeah. yeah he was as you say he's been maligned down history there will come a time and hopefully uh, we're hoping a little bit now that when the truth will come out about that this is one of the part of the aquarian age the true truth will come out truth will um be revealed as it has been to a certain extent with the dead sea scrolls and the Nag Hammadi library and more and more of this will happen in this age i believe
2: oh yes <laughs> i mean there's another Amazing aspect, which was the uh, the transfiguration. I think everyone's heard of that, and yes. I don't think they realize what it is, because you know when I really studied it, it was so clear it's also evidence, I mean you know, if you're going to take the the Bible literally, but it stated quite clearly that um, Jesus was planning to bring about his own demise. And I'll tell you a little bit about this, because I think it'll be an eye-opener for a lot of people. This was an event that took place a few days after the feeding of the 5,000, and the Master Jesus went up a mountain um, with, with St. Peter, I think it was St. John, uh, well. oh dear, sorry, I'm just <laughs> looking for this. It's Okay. Yes, he went up with St. Peter, John and James in order to pray anyway. And this is where he suddenly, his whole body became filled with light. His clothes were white. And I mean, this is something that has been represented so many times in art. I mean, we saw a yeah. most beautiful painting by Raphael of the Transfiguration in Rome. And it's the most beautiful painting I've ever seen in my life. But they're missing the whole purpose of it. He went up this mountain, and there he met up with Moses and Elijah, who stepped out of a cloud, and they discussed how he should bring about his demise in Jerusalem. You know, that's why he went up the mountain. And the three disciples who went with him were absolutely transfixed by this. And after that... They, Moses and Elijah stepped back into the cloud, which, of course, is clearly, from our point of view, uh, a spacecraft. And yeah. then that is when he, he planned his death. And once again, Dr. King has been absolutely brilliant in analyzing what happened. It was at that point that he started to withdraw his powers. So that he went to Jerusalem, he just seemed like an ordinary man. And then you've got the Stations of the Cross, and you know he was he was whipped. You know he went through a terrible time. But that you know, and could the Son of God not have stopped it? Of course he could have done. And this was all part of the ruse to fool the dark force. So he thought, oh well, he isn't really up to much at all. You know. <laughs> But yes, the victory, great yes. the victory was the success, the crucifixion, gruesome as it was, that's what he volunteered to do, and people shouldn't forget that as well, he he volunteered to do this.
1: Uh, yes, we owe him so much, and oh, uh, always will, on this planet.
2: I know, you see, there's, you know, there's, uh, this uh, transmission, the one who came in grace, uh And this first part, delivered by Mars, Sector 6, it says this, This murder of the Venusian, who walked from Nazareth, was allowed because he saw it was essential that he should take certain karma from Terra as a whole. By his grace do you sit here tonight, and, and by his grace do you, now resident in the etheric realms, enjoy such residence. Know this, realize your spiritual debt, and strive, O oh men of terror, to pay this back to your higher selves, because you can never pay this back to that one who so came. I mean, that sums it up, you know.
1: really does, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was a terrible, a terrible mission, really, and um, as we say, the teach- Master Jesus' teachings, which were so revolutionary were just the were not the primary aspect, which most people think they were.
2: Yes, that's right.
1: <laughs> so then, um, then we 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 I think we're leading up to the important part of the ascension, the resurrection, the ascension, and um, but before we do, Alison, unless you have yes. anything else to add to that, perhaps we can have a break and then talk about that afterwards.
2: Yes,
0: certainly, yes.
1: Okay, well thank you so much I'm hand over to Noemi for
0: announcements. Thank you. Thank you. Well thank you Chrissie and Alison, it all sounds very gripping. You are listening to a Radio Live with Chr- Chrissy Blaze and Alison Lawrence. We are delighted to announce that for the first time ever we will be hosting a special series of online 12 services every day from 19th of April through 25th of April at 8 p.m. BST, 12 noon PDT, 3 p.m. EDT, and 7 a.m. New Zealand time. For more information, please visit 12blessings.org, that's 12 in digits. And times of our regular weekend online services remain unchanged, which are on Saturday, 5.30 p.m. PDT, and Sunday, 5.30 p.m. BST. On Tuesday, 8th of May at 7 p.m., Alison Lawrence is holding a King Yoga Experience evening on intuition that will take place at the Etherus Temple, 36 Calvedon Road in London. And in Michigan, we have two events coming up. Friday, 27th of April at 7.30 p.m., Dave Capraro will present a talk on the mighty sun. And on Friday, 11th of May at 7.30 p.m., Chrissy Blaze will be presenting Cosmic Café, Astrology and Spiritual Practices. Both of these events will be taking place at the Michigan Branch, 3119 North Campbell Road, Royal Oak. And of course, for more information, you can visit aetherius.org forward slash locations where you can search for activities near you and i'm pleased to say that the next show will be on tuesday 15th of may when richard lawrence and chrissy blaze will be talking about from seance to science how dr king transformed mediumship and i'm now pleased to return you to your hosts chrissy blaze and alison lawrence
1: thank you noemi thank,
0: thank, thank
1: you. you very much um alison I, I think yes far too much focus has been placed over the centuries on the crucifixion of Jesus is a terrible bloody blot in our history on i
2: agree i know and especially and some of the rituals that have uh, sort of come from there like the wafer yeah. and the you know it's the drinking the, the you know the the blood you know oh <laughs> anyway and
1: far too much energy too is, is put on the awful artifacts of crucifixion and even as a child when I went in a church and and saw this I really didn't like it at all Um, they hang there as sort of dark symbols of Jesus murder in churches throughout the world whereas the symbol of the cross as you know is is a symbol of great power and light and the cross is intimately associated with Jesus, it's uh, the symbol of the resurrection of the spirit of man We are told through karmic experience and an ancient mystic symbol, which actually predates Christianity. And uh, so the resurrection, we focus more on the resurrection. We do not focus on uh, what's so-called Good Friday, and I think it should be renamed Bad Friday, don't you? Yes,
2: absolutely. I agree with you totally.
1: Yeah, we focus on on, um, the the Sunday after, Easter Sunday, and the resurrection. And um, I wondered if you'd like to talk a little bit about that, Alison. Well, um, it, um, it gives not us hope, to... doesn't it? Um,
2: Absolutely. I mean, also, his mission was to demonstrate that, you know, we, c- we can gain these powers. We can be like him. You know, he's, the whole idea of his teaching is to change our whole attitude to life. And it's a, it's a very advanced path. Even, even by today's standards, if you really followed true Christian teaching, you'd have to be completely selfless. You'd have to forgive people, not bear grudges, not take revenge, show love and compassion to all beings, animals, plants, people of all different religions and races. You know, But we haven't, we haven't even achieved that. Yes. So I and mean, when master, you think you, sorry. two thousand years that was given, and here we are today, and we're still fighting. We're, you know, what have we done? Now we've got the atom bomb. You know, and chemical weapons. I mean, you know, it's just absolutely terrible.
1: It is, and our master has said several times, has he not, that if one country uh, became Christian, truly Christian, then that country would no, have no need of weapons because they no. would be protected. Uh, but you know that's a, that's a big ask, I think. I
2: think uh, it is at the moment.
1: All we can do is every person um, can do their par- play their part, uh, because you know it always takes one person and then a critical mass of people to change the world. So you know we sh- we should never give up hope. And I think the resurrection itself was a tremendous message of hope, wasn't it, for for humanity. Um, not the crucifixion, but the resurrection—the resurrection, the resurrection. central theme of Christianity—and it began in a sort of confused way. But I think um, now um, people are beginning to understand what it truly means. Uh, it wasn't so much a bodily res- resurrection. I know some um, parts of the Christian religion believe that there'll come a time when everybody will rise from their graves and things like this. But of course, it oh, that's didn't right. Mean yes, that.
2: yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's a misinterpretation again. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, he's asking us to rise in evolution. It's to express the, pu- the power of impersonal love. And this is something that the Master Jesus demonstrated throughout his life. He could love everybody, he was single minded. And there's something else that Dr. King has said he was yeah. single minded in his dedication. To his, to achieving his aim, and if we could only do that, we could achieve so much in our lives.
1: It's... Absolutely, and you, you mentioned his uh, teaching of love, uh, the impersonal love, and I think we we very much we don't really understand that type of love on this planet because love to us is very personal. It's the love we have for our children and our parents, and that's fine too, and our loved ones, but the impersonal love of the great Jesus or a great teacher that comes to this earth, the, uh, Dr. George King, um, is something that we have to learn in, at this time. it's. Uh, I think our master said uh, that you can go into a room and heal a person, which is wonderful, and we all should try and do that. But on the other hand, you can raise your hands and send your love to the far corners of the earth. And Absolutely. your healing yes. prayer may reach hundreds of People, if not thousands of people, and uh, change their lives in some degree. So this is this is an aspect of this impersonal love which the Master Jesus taught. Now, some people may find that strange, uh, but um, he came
2: for the whole world. Yes, he did. He didn't come to one particular group of people. Obviously, that's where he was born, where he was brought up, where he conducted his mission. But his teaching is absolutely universal. And one of the things that he came to teach was that God dwells in all things, good and yes. bad. You see, this is also I think, what's misunderstood.
1: Yes. But I think um, that teaching has been revealed, and I, I'm not too sure, but in some of the uh, Gospels that have been discovered in the last 50 or so years.
2: Oh, um, the lost Gospels, the yes, or the uh, heretical Gospels.
1: So.
2: Yes, yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> They were banned, so weren't
1: coming, they? Although I think some of them are still being translated, but I, I, I know it's sort of coming to light, that that teaching. Um, so it's very interesting, too. But I think also it's important to think about the greatness of the love of, a, of the Master Jesus because can we really imagine a fully conscious cosmic adept volunteering to be reborn into this world of bloodshed and chaos and war, and to give up his life for us. I mean, this is unbelievable, really. It It, is incredible.
2: It is incredible. That's what makes him, I think, so unique. I mean, even the Cosmic Masters have their personality, and they all have this enduring love for all. But to, as you say, to actually volunteer to come here and to suffer it's like i think as dr king has said it's like incarnating in a pigsty and you know yeah. incarnating as a pig and living as a pig how you know, would you want to do it exactly.
1: <laughs> i don't think many yeah. people would want to exactly <clears throat> it's a, it's a it's a terrible mission really that he he gave so much to us and um but let's there's a a very very hopeful aspect well his message was so hopeful of course and the master jesus um, has said in recent transmissions and regular listeners will know that dr king was overshadowed by the master jesus and he delivered his new age teachings for this coming aquarian age the 12 blessings
2: oh and i know
1: delivered other wonderful transmissions and he, one of them he said And some people think, well, the Master Jesus come again. But His answer to that is, I have never left you. And I think this is a wonderful message that we should remember.
2: I know. And also, He has said, whenever a few are gathered in My name, there will I be. You know, it's just it's you know you you're actually creating a contact with this great being and you know just yeah. some of his essence will be with you if you gather in his name which i think is uh, incredible yeah i mean i've got it it's in front of me actually it says here there is much spoken about my next coming i jesus will not come again save in this way which is through the overshadowing of uh, of dr king i have not left you nor oh my sweet brothers will i ever leave you I mean, it's it's such a comfort. You know, in your yes. darkest hours, there's someone who's got pure, unconditional love that's never been expressed in this way. That's, you know, that's what makes him so unique among masters, that aspect
1: yes, absolutely.
2: of his personality.
1: Absolutely. And... Um... This, this age in which we're coming into, and I believe we're sort of on the cusp of the age. My, only theory, my own theory, Alison, is that the Aquarian yeah. Age actually started on July the 8th, 1964. I don't know what you think about that. It's not an official well, Asteria Society line, but there's something I, I think,
2: think could be the case. I think it's very significant that you should say that, because this is the day which heralds the change on Earth, and there's no going back we are yeah. marching towards the new age for better or for worse and conditions on this earth will be very different yeah. but, but what is interesting is that these prophecies they not ha- they happened so long ago a lot of them i mean there's even a, a hint in in matthew that uh, the messiah shall be ga- shall be gathered before the messiah shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another you know, it's very interesting. Right. Although he divides oh. them into sheep and goats, and it's a sheep who will inherit the kingdom of God, which is the word, those who have followed the teachings of Christ, the, what we call the righteous ones. But you see, if you look back, uh, the the book, the three saviors are here. You know, uh, Master Jesus gives this. Uh, a beautiful transmission you know the ancient ones looked into time and they could see the inevitable fall of man and uh, we're following a certain pattern so because of that because we're not changing certainly then we weren't changing our karma sufficiently they were able to predict who would come and when and what the mission would be I find that very interesting
1: Yes, very interesting. And also, um, one of my favorite transmissions, Alison, slightly change the subject here, um, because I am interested in astrology, is about the age in which we are in now. and, And that is, the age which is breaking now brings with it great possibilities and is the age of science. Science by itself is like the soulless wanderer of the realms of night. This is from the Master Jesus. It's wonderful. Yes, yes. Yet a warmth, and I think this is beautiful, yet a warmth will come out of love to fashion it into a tool so that it becometh as a wise man finding his home. Warm it with that love, my brothers. Let that wondrous everlasting power from your hearts fall upon this science so that it becometh as a tool in the hands of everlasting divinity and not that soulless thing which you have made of it very very interesting and, and what, that reminds and me i think so it's much so of true the the work of of our master dr george king with his um, radionics inventions and his, uh, and his global healing missions absolutely because he's, he's science. using science to help with the love. world yes yeah, absolutely it's like a a forerunner of this age and this is what must happen with science it must come together with with love with spirituality and together they can transform the world. I think it's one of my favourite transmissions. I think so beautiful. I know.
2: I I love that one as well. Yes, I do have you? it. I've in front of me. It, it's beautiful. Oh, do you? Yes. It really uh, is. It, yeah. It's it's so true. I mean, look what we've done with science. We can do some good things. I mean, okay, medicine is advancing, but yes. you know, we still haven't learnt the lessons of learning to love one another, seeing each other, we're all citizens of planet Earth. It doesn't matter where we come from. You know, there's no difference in that respect. We're all aspects of God. We all have the divine spark. And we're all moving slowly towards evolution, towards enlightenment, towards uh, greater consciousness. And there have been so many approaches to this. But of course, you know, this science, as you say, has uh, really uh, taken over the world. And so we have to temper it with love. We have to be- yes. bring love into it, as you say.
1: Yes. Um, on the one hand, you get uh, the science being used for weaponry. And on the other hand, as you say, there are great advances in medical science. And, and we see the two very distinctly. And I think we understand um, if we look at the world as spiritual people, that uh, the, t- the two have to come together for us to yes. continue on this planet, actually. So the Master well, I mean, Jesus um, yes. is very much of this age. And uh, let's talk a little bit, shall we, um, Alison, about um, the, the physical uh, meeting of our Master with the Master Jesus Um which is described in the book, which we have a yes. booklet called Jesus Comes Again. Jesus Comes Again. Comes I again. You, this, little book, this little booklet is a gem, is it not? It's absolutely...
2: The description of that is just unbelievable. You know, that, that this was the start, actually, of Operation Starlight. And uh, there Dr. King was on Holston Down, and here appeared the Master Jesus from you know, from a craft. And he was wearing... From I mean, this will take too long to read the whole thing. But there he was dressed from the shoulders to the ground in a robe which seemed to glow with a bluish-white incandescence. And then he had this... I had an outer garment which was transparent. And he was clean-shaven. And they had a, a broad, tight band of purple dotted with jewels this was a a sort of like a belt which seemed to live such was the magnificence of their inner fire. You see this again it shows this is the power of the Venusian because there's an interesting comparison with that and the description of the initiation of ascension in the nine freedoms where this master from Venus came to the third satellite and he had this belt and he was able to use the power only someone with those powers could you know manipulate energy in that way and uh, he was it was quite incredible the radiant beauty He, you know he had he was where you know he had these these powers and he was he held a short wand which is interesting It was terminated by a large crystal in the shape of a six-pointed star. I seem to know, without being told, that this was symbolic of the rod of power from Venus. So, there there is a continuity when you think about it, because the house of David, what was the symbol? I know, it's a bit contentious now, but it was a six-pointed star. So there yeah. seems, you know, Venus and, and the number six. It's you know the you know numerologically six is the, always attributed to the Venus. Yeah. So there is uh, some, well, there's a sort of chronology or synchronicity there. And of course, yeah. then the, the Jesus sent this surge of energy through Dr King, because there was a war brewing in the Middle East, and it. Uh, it helped to stem stem that, and of course the energy went into the mountain as well, and that's one that that's the first of the uh, nineteen charged mountains, of which Doctor King was the vehicle for whom eighteen were charged.
1: <laughs> yes, and I, I that was um, the beginning, and I, I think Alison, wouldn't you agree that um, this physical meeting? Some people may wonder, well, you know, why would the Master Jesus come to our Master? Why would that happen? But this was also the beginning, not only of Operation Starlight, as you say, but also, I think, just a few days later, here, um, it was giving of the Twelve Blessings the when 12 our blessings. master was overshadowed that's right. yes. um, by Jesus on 12 Sundays. It was, I think, the following,
2: the following weekend, yes.
1: I think it was like four days later or something, in July it began, I know. Yes, that's uh, right. Through October, I think it was October the 12th, in 1958. So uh, this possibly had to happen to make that physical connection um before this could take place and um so then the new age teachings of the master jesus could be given to this earth for the coming uh, 2000 plus years and so on and um you know, we, as Alison said earlier, when a f- the Master Jesus said, "When a few are gathered in My name, truly, truly, there shall I be." Well, around the world now in the Aetherius Society, there are groups of people every week who come together and perform the twelve blessings. Um, and this is something we can all do uh, in our homes or with a few other people. And, and of course, uh, we, have, we have
2: the online services as well now. Yes, and they're all yes. joining in together at one and the same time. And I think that creates a real power.
1: Yes, and uh, do go to 1212blessings.org, I believe it is. Uh, yes, that's com.
2: right. Uh, yes, because we're org. having
1: a special series of these uh, <coughs> online services this week um, for about seven days. So um, this is going to be a tremendous opportunity. If you haven't joined in before, it, it's uh, you can download... Uh, blessings and the 12 blessings and so forth and join in and as you say it forms this kind of uh, uh, a grid of light throughout the world as people are actually joining in the teachings the direct teachings not teachings and i'm not decrying the bible but not teachings that were written hundreds of years after the event but teachings that are actually given by directly by the Master Jesus, for us to use, not just as a teaching, but more importantly, as a spiritual practice. And this is an amazing thing. I often think about it, Alison, don't you, that we have access to these teachings. I think it's so amazing, it really. You
2: see, um, he's gone beyond, you know, the teachings that he gave 2,000 years ago, because the 12 blessings are also a cosmic concept. Because when yes. we get to the 7th blessing we're blessing the Mother Earth, this living being, and then the Son, you know, which is the God of your Bible. And then right through to the Lords of Creation. You know, this is a concept that would not have been understood. I mean, the Master Jesus did allude to this when he said, in my Father's house are many mansions, but it was sort of in code. But he he did say these things. You know, one can argue, what are the mansions? But I mean... You you know you've you've got this a similar teaching also in the Hindu beliefs I think they you know they talk about the other planets or the lokas or something you know there there is a term for that Mm -hmm. and uh, you know he was trying he was always trying to tell us there's more to life than just what you see around you and you know we're in the space age we can understand we can understand the concept of life on other planets.
1: Absolutely. In fact, I was reading some surveys the other day, Alison, where yes. I, I believe about 54% of people out of 300,000, uh, 54% say they believe that there's not only intelligent life on other planets, but that they are visiting us. And um, that was quite a, a change from the uh, what I was seeing some years ago.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yes, I know.
1: That's <laughs> something we believe.
2: We're far more open-minded now. You see, it's funny, you see, we've got, I think there's a sort of battle going on between the dark forces. Okay, the main instigator has been transmuted, as we know, Um, but there are still other, yes, there are still other dark forces that are prevalent in this world, and they activate certain factions, and at the same time, the cosmic masters, they have their plan, but also they're limited by our karma. So, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's beholden to us to do our, our utmost to put light into the mind belts of the world. And the more we do that, the more people can draw upon it.
1: Absolutely. And the 12 blessings is, is not only a beautiful poetic mystic teaching with an enhanced moral code and so on, but. It's, it, it's very strategic, let's face it. We, we really only understand a fraction of it. But you get a, a, a cosmic master of the stature of Jesus uh, who's uh, put together these teachings for the coming 2,000-plus years. We know that it's very strategic, right? So when we yeah. use them... We, we can't really understand exactly what it's doing. We know it's putting, allowing us to put love and to the world in a very dynamic way. But there must be, Alison, don't you think, a lot more to it than that?
2: Of course, we only, as you say, we're just scratching the surface, uh, yeah, as the with so many of the do, cosmic teachings. <laughs>
1: yes, so, and I think really, the, 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 we find out the more the more we we use them because they're there to be used, you know and it's amazing to me that we can just pick up a book the 12 blessings uh or listen to a tape and it's the master jesus you know uh it's incredible people can just hear that Sunday voice you hear that beautiful hear
2: voice yeah. and you you know you know it's him you know that it's yeah. not is not a fake because it's consistent and it's got a beauty a radiance to it that you just couldn't duplicate you know it's it's, it's so I, obvious. Heard people
1: coming, I have heard people coming for the first time ever and there was one man recently who didn't know it was the Master Jesus and he heard it and he immediately said it was, you know, he recognized it somehow. And <laughs> it does have that effect on people. And it does, even though they can't, is, have heard, can't have heard him really, you know, but they do, yeah, as you say. Somehow you know it's the energy. Yes. Um, and we have we play one of these blessings at all our Sunday services in the Aetherius Society around the world. So
2: yes, we do here too, yes. If you are listening too, to yes.
1: this in a different part of the world or um, just go to the website, uh, aetherius.org, and see if there's somewhere near you. And if not, then pick up a copy of the Twelve Blessings because, I mean, it's a fantastic opportunity for all of us because I have to say that the teachings given by the Cosmic Masters through the Aetherius Society were not given just to the Aetherius Society. They were given to everyone in the world, yes. every religion or none at all.
2: Absolutely, um, yes.
1: We are the custodians. So it's um, this is your teaching, the Twelve Blessings. It's your teaching as much as ours.
2: But you see, with the practice of the Twelve Blessings, You see, there's even another dimension to it. It's not just the beauty of the language and the expression of it. When you focus on on the prayers, you're raising your consciousness. You're raising your vibration. You're concentrating. It's actually a yogic practice as well. So it's doing several things. And the more you do that you will send out more energy. You'll start to become a channel for healing energy the more you practice the 12 blessings in particular because you're focusing on something that's higher than yourself. And that applies to all of us, by the way. Yes, very good point.
1: And of course, we're told too that when we send the energy to, take for example, the mighty sun, uh, send out gratitude and our love, then we get back from that great entity and aspect of the sun 's energy and and so on, or if it 's the mighty galaxy and i can 't you know because this is an amazing opportunity for us too, and again, it must must raise our consciousness in a way that possibly has never happened before, you know to have access to this yes uh, uh, yeah
2: absolutely well that 's something that in the serious society we really do focus on the power of prayer. And it's not a superstition. It's not something, oh my goodness, it's a, you're sitting in a pew and it's an orthodox prayer. It's a science. It's a technique to make yourself a channel for a higher quality magnetic spiritual energy. That's what it is. That is the Absolutely. real meaning of prayer. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> So, Alison, let's. um, We're having to close soon. Unfortunately, it's been so nice to talk to you, and the hour's gone very, very quickly. It has, Uh, but um, if you have any uh, quotes or thoughts that you'd like to end uh, this show before we hand back to Noemi, then please feel free to share them. I'm putting you on the spot here. Oh, you are. (laughs) You (laughs) are. I mean,
2: he, the Master Jesus, did say. The next one who cometh with the silver wings of wisdom sprouting from his head will come without that cloud of mystery which surrounded wow. my birth upon this earth. So the whole world will know of this coming. The next and uh, The next master. And of course there is the Lord's Declaration, which, was, which is published in the Ethereist Society. He will stand tall among men with a shining countenance. He will be attired in a single garment of the type now known to you. I mean, I can't read it all, but it's interesting that the Master Jesus refers to the one who cometh with the silver wings of wisdom sprouting from his head. And of course, the Greek god Hermes is always depicted as wearing a winged helmet and winged sandals. And his symbol is the caduceus. And Hermes is the messenger and herald of the gods. So you can see the, uv- the universality of spiritual teaching, doesn't matter where in the world you are. And I think it's yeah. deliberate that he's referring to sort of the Greek mythology in a way, in, in the sort of language, and a way of describing how the next master will, will come. And he'll have the power to travel betre- between the realms, which is what the Caduceus is symbolic of. And it's he'll come down on. from the sky.
1: Very interesting, and in fact, all the—I think I'm right—all the major religions do talk about another coming. Oh, they um, do. So, so it's not, yes.
2: There's the Kalki Avatar. Uh, I think that was predicted long ago, in uh, you know, in India. Um, well, they're all waiting for the Messiah, and they some think he's come, some think he hasn't come, but there will be a, this description that we've just talked about. That will be final um, and there'll be no <laughs> we won't there won't be any dispute as to where who he is and what he is because he'll show yeah, himself to the whole world.
1: We can be absolutely adamant that the next master has not come yet because no. when he does, as you say, we will know it <laughs>
2: we'll know it we for sure he will step out of his craft in a one piece suit and his uh well, His magic will be greater than all, any upon earth, greater than the combined materialistic might of all the armies. So <laughs> and they
1: who heed not his word shall be removed from the no earth. from
2: the earth. Yeah. The earth so the that's another story.
1: <laughs> so these are the yes. days of decision. These are the days of this you know, new order coming into being. We have to decide which side are we going to take, the side of the dark forces or the side of the workers of light?
0: Um, yes, well, so I'm that, uh, Thank you very much, Chrissy and Alison, for a oh, truly fascinating come to <laughs> show. But we are finishing very, very soon. And um, we hope that you have enjoyed the show. And thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Thanks, Noemi. Thank you very much.